The DeFalco Files is an entertainment-based program. Some memories of certain events might be fuzzy. All opinions are that of the host. Content might not be appropriate for children and some adults. Listener discretion is advised. And remember, the truth is here. Vegas Bad Boys of Podcasting presents The DeFalco Files with FSW owner Joe DeFalco and your host, Matt Michaels. Hey everybody, Matt Michaels here on The DeFalco Files with the owner and creator of FSW, the future stars of wrestling here in Las Vegas, Mr. Joe DeFalco. Joe, how you doing this week? Well, having these uh, computer issues with the uh, with the video, where it keeps saying I have no camera. So right now uh, we got video. So I guess we gotta get rolling and ask these questions. It might be a shortened version. Well, let's uh, let's get right into it then. Uh, this week, uh, in fact, when this airs, uh, it's going to be uh, that night on Friday night here, the fourteenth. Uh, where you're going to have high octane back at the FSW arena. Uh, you're starting to make some announcements. Uh, what is going on with high octane and uh, what should we be looking forward to? Well, it is the first main roster show since the anniversary. So there's a lot of things that are different. You know, the new No Limits champion action Braxton uh, will be on hand. And he will be defending the title, you know, his, his first show in. And we've already announced the uh, last two participants in the Battle Royal, Big Fonz and Brett the Threat. That should be a very, very interesting matchup. Yeah. So we're excited about that. Uh, Nevada State Championship. Well, Jacob Boston Young, Remy Marcel, neither one got pinned. So we're going to make it simple. One-on-one match and the winner uh, we'll get Gregory Sharp next. That's and uh, Nick Xander, uh, he has some choice words for Jay Vidal, who won't be there because he'll be making his Slammiversary debut. Right. So hopefully we can set something up there. Uh, we got Brittany Brooks returning. She's becoming a mainstay here in FSW, and she's going to be taking on Gypsy Mac. Yep. So, you know... There's a lot of good shit that's going to be happening. The card's pretty stacked. And probably the main event of the show, it's going to be a four-way tag where the winner gets the Bullet Club ABC on July 30th at Moment of Truth. So, you know, we got four teams, two local favorites. One might maybe not be a favorite in the Suavecitos, but they're locally based and they've been tra- trained in their FSW. And Sky High, and those guys know each other extremely well, as well as Lights, Camera, Faction, the former champs. But then the other former champs, two times the former 1%, Royce and Jarrell, they are going to be back, and they're looking for that shot at the title and want to become a, a three-time champion. So this card's pretty stacked, I'll be honest with you. Well, speaking of stacked card, I think that one of the things I'm most looking forward to is uh, seeing this new trio with this man right here. Best looking man in the trio, the best looking man in FSW, and the best looking man in the doctor's office. 
<laughs> well, you know, it's, it's good to see that uh, your patients are doing well and you have time for a break. Yeah, well, thank goodness. Uh, they're not always the most responsible people in the world. One at eleven didn't show up, so I got a little extra time. Hopefully, there you go. And and the bottom line is, it's good news because class already charged the patient, so it doesn't matter. That's right. Twenty-four hour cancellation uh, notice. If it's less than twenty-four, I get the full price, and so it's a win-win for me. But do such a good job, I just assume that they're doing okay, and so I get paid. They're doing great. We all win. You know, that's uh, it's it's fascinating really to, to think that where you've come in this short amount of time in your wrestling career, and yet you've still been able to maintain a professional career as well. I mean, for you, what is, what is the ultimate that you see? I mean, Joe's been giving you opportunities in FSW. Arizona, of course, is your home base. Do you see yourself, you know, potentially being able to keep the day job as the secondary thing and still help people, but really go on to, you know, a, an MLW or uh, Impact or even NXT. What is your goal, man? Yeah, the goal, I mean, my, my belief is don't get into this business unless you have the goal of going to the top of WWE or an AEW at least because we, we beat the hell out of our bodies and it takes a lot of time and it's, it can cost a little bit of money to get going in this career. And so if you don't want to get to the top, then why are you beating the hell out of your body in, in the meantime? So for me, that's, that's definitely the goal. And that's why I've started my own practice. I work, I work primarily at the VA hospital here. Um, and I also have my own practice on the side. And that's, I, that's totally my thing. And so that's kind of what started it to give me, eventually give me a lot more freedom with what I do. You know, I could work when I want to. I make about three and a half times more of my own practice than I put at the hospital. It's, it's a model set up to work less and make more money. And so um, if I, you know, if and when I get one of those contracts and I do that, that could be a possibility to be able to do that pretty much more I want to. Joe. When you see a guy like Class and you now see Devin Reno and Jordan Cruz, how is this coming together for you in terms of these guys almost seem like a natural fit together, and it's taken a while to get them to that point, but this looks like it's going to be a pretty formidable uh, presence of a faction for a, a while in FSW. Well, first off, uh, Class didn't mention his job is also the creative consultant for shrinking with Harrison Ford. But uh, well, this. Yeah. oh, I, w I was unaware his class got lost. But see, the thing is that that was all on Jordan Cruz. Uh, you know, he didn't make that decision. Uh, he was offered an opportunity. Because if you go back a couple of years, when we had the New Talent Initiative, the main match that we were looking at was two guys who had never appeared for FSW, and it was Jordan Cruz and Class. And they had a match, and Class was, you know, smartened up to me by uh, guy, guys like Hammerstone and, and Dom Vitale, and... Before class even reached out, both of them reached out to me to let me know 
that class was going to be hitting me up and he was definitely a guy that I would want to use. If I'm looking for new talent, he's the guy from Arizona. And, you know, we've had success like that. Hammerstone and Graves were two guys that I had met. I met Graves before he ever wrestled. He, he was training. And we did a show at the Celebrity Theater. I remember it was The Godfather and Chuck Palumbo and Johnny the Bull. And he introduced me. Uh, Tyson Tyler introduced himself to, to me. And he was like a, a power lifter and jujitsu guy. And I was like, oh, okay, cool. And he ended up teaming up with some guy, Julian, who had a lot of success. And they actually had a match together. But Julian was under the impression that he'd have a WWE contract in about four or five months and got a tryout. And they didn't sign him immediately. He barely had anything. And he, and he, and he pretty much quit. And so the Arizona pipeline has now continually brought us New people with the Devin Renos and the Kevin Coas and the Blair Brodies. And then you got the guys like, you know, the former Mr. Classic and Flyboy Freddy and Zamaya on the women's side. Yeah. And that pipeline just keeps coming. And they're going to get first shot as well as the Santino crew out of California because I have the appreciation because. A guy like Hammerstone's never done me wrong. Uh, a guy like Tito Escondido's never done me wrong. So when they recommended class, the opportunity was there. And unfortunately, he had a bad shoulder injury. And, you know, you could be talking at a guy that could possibly have been the, the heavyweight champion. Right. But right now, you know, he's just getting back into, into things. And, you know, you can ask him, but I'm pretty sure he hasn't had that many matches since he's returned from injury. So he's getting back into the swing of everything. When he left us, he was already a former Nevada state champion with his eyes, you know, looking at the heavyweight championship. You know, what about that class? Uh, how many, uh, not exact number, but you know, you haven't had a lot of matches on your way back here now from the injury. Um, it was like a year, wasn't it? Just over a year. Yeah, I was out for almost exactly a year until I came back. And so since coming back, I think I've had, yeah, is, is all. Now, some of those have been pretty big scale where I was like, one piece UAZ heavyweight championship match a couple months back. And then a couple of matches with PCW Ultra, a couple of matches with, with Joe at FSW. And so bigger profile matches, but Joe's right, not, not a high volume for sure. You know, million-dollar practice and two-sync con uh, computer connection. Oh, man. I'm in the, I'm in the clinic today, and it's a, just a big pit of metal, and the Wi-Fi is, is glitchy here for sure. Well, I'll pay extra, will you? Jesus. Hey, this isn't my practice. You know my practice is tip-top. We got everything. Right? We got water fountains and coffee and all the good stuff. Xanax and, and a little bowl on the table. <laughs> Yeah. Chocolate fountains. He's got it all. I've got it all. Uh, you know, looking at the idea of the heavyweight championship in FSW, what I found intriguing was the fact that when you got injured, Hammerstone was still the champion. 
you obviously, Joe, Joe said it, you were kind of introduced to FSW through guys like Hammerstone. Um, what would that mean to you? You know, if you ended up getting the championship and Hammerstone would end up chasing you. Yeah, that would be, that would be just, it would be full circle and, and an awesome, awesome situation because Hammerstone was one of the first people that started training and started wrestling way back then. Him to be on the chase for me, that would mean that hey, he's the old guy, he's the veteran who's, who's trying to come back and kind of keep his, his namesake around. I'm the, I'm the fresh meat, man. I'm the one who, who everyone needs to look at, everyone needs to follow. And for him to chase me, you know, I know he's big and I know he's strong, but he ain't too fast anymore. And so I know I could out, out leg him in that chase. Joe, has that idea crossed your mind of a matchup of those two? Because you're talking, you're talking two million dollar bodies right there. Well, they did have a match four weeks ago, so you know, class yeah, I mean, tried his best with Devin Reno, and they still couldn't get the job done. So I don't know if that's the if class became the heavyweight champion. I'm not too sure uh, he wouldn't be trying to duck Hammerstone. Oh. Well, when class becomes the heavyweight champion, we have to have Devin Reno and Jordan Cruz to fend off Hammerstone and get him nice and uh, softened up before I'm, before I'm faced with it. How has that been with you, you know, getting a chance to uh, to work with uh, Devin and uh, now that Jordan's come into the mix, what do you see you guys doing as a faction? Well, I see, I see us doing really everything there is. I mean, you look at the three of us, we're pretty dynamic and we can do a lot of different things, right? We have all three of us are capable of single components. All three of us are capable of tag components. And we were, were, were in shape, we're good looking, we've been around the block a couple of times. And so we have the wherewithal and then we have my brain power kind of heading the organization there. And I, I really think that Tag championships, individual championships are are one or there's there's really no one who I can see that that's formidable enough to stop us. Joe, you just you know have had in the last year uh, a big uh, you know main event faction in the faction. Um, when you look at the three of of them coming together, could that be a possibility of you know, starting to see some of the titles heading their way because of the fact that you're talking about three guys who are absolutely on the radar, I think, of, you know, uh, definitely in Arizona and, and Vegas um, and starting to, you know, get more attention on the West Coast. Um, what does it mean to you to have this new formed faction and how far do you think they can go? Well, to show you how much I think of this group, I really, really wanted to call them the 1%. And I don't know, I guess people looked at it as, well, you know, Royce and Jarrell, the 1%. And it's like, well, I created the name and the name fits their group. And, you know, it isn't like, the new uh, new diesel and new razor ramon where they were kind of jokes you know when you're putting together a group 
man, having a name like the 1%, if, if somebody didn't want to use it on a name I gave them, I really feel it's the perfect name for them. But, you know, we had bandied about some different ideas. So, you know, they, they especially a guy like Clash dresses the part. I don't know about his bum brother, Devin Reno, from the other side of the tracks. But hopefully, uh, he, you know, Burlington Coat Factory has some decent suits for not a lot of pricing. But since obviously Class don't pay much for the uh, for the Wi-Fi, maybe he can maybe he can delegate some of that money for Devin Reno and buy him a cheap suit. So when they show up on Friday, you know, they're, they're all dressed up as they're going to be taken on. Uh, we haven't disclosed it, but they're going to be taking on some of the. Uh, the young blood of FSW, they're taking on Jimmy Jack, RBJ, Renegade B. Jackson, and Fox Valentine. And the, the Fox and RBJ had their first singles matches at Future Shock. Not only did they sell a lot of tickets, but they were very impressive. Yeah. And, you know, this is the first time the Billionaire Boys Club will be in action. Can't yeah, I mean, what is what is that for you guys um, now? Kind of getting to uh, to know each other in terms of how you can work as a unit, uh, especially in the ring, in a six man tag. Um, you know, a lot of times six man tags can be a real cluster. Um, how is it that you're finding yourself, you know? able to kind of tag with them but still keep your prominence because we know that you know obviously you are focused on yourself <laughs> so i mean how how is that coming together for you in terms of just being able to connect, connect with them well it's you're right my prominence isn't going anywhere it speaks for itself i come out i've got the robe i've got the hair i've got the tan the body that's that's not going anywhere and it's only getting better and so that's not something i'm concerned about but the nice thing about tagging with with devin and then adding crews into the mix is you're taking a well-oiled machine in class and adding another great component to it in reno and then now we're adding crews and so we're going to have this three-headed monster that can function on all levels and so while they're out doing some of the dirty work you know i can focus on other things and instruct them and lead from the rear and feature myself and then coach them on how to be the best versions of themselves and how to follow the class plan into being incredibly successful. So I, no matter who's in the ring, I'm, I'm just really excited to get our first match under the belt and show everyone what we can do. Joe, when he talks about showing them, giving leadership, kind of, is, is there, does there a sense because he is a psychological doctor that he can use his abilities to almost, you know, trick anyone into doing what he wants them to do? Well, it already happened. It took a little while, but the manipulation of Jordan Cruz, you know, it, it took a while. But Jordan Cruz went to the other side because class with his, his superior knowledge basically convinced Jordan Cruz, and he could be right. You know, we've seen things like that before. You know, Gregory Sharp's the perfect example. 
that he was the guy that was catering to the fans. He was having fun. He was hyper streak and he never got over the top. And he'd always watch and he'd see a guy like Jay Vidal and he'd see somebody else surpass him. And for 12 years, he never won a title. And we saw it recently with Damian Drake, where he was having, you know, his, he's the 80s guy. It's great. The fans love him. But he's so concerned with the fans loving him, you know, he missed out on a great opportunity to be the Nevada State champion. Jordan Cruz, the minute we saw him, especially in his first match ever with class, we saw the potential was there. The problem with Jordan Cruz was he couldn't pick up the, the W's. And I would use him. I wouldn't use him. I'd use him. And he was a great guy. The, the, he had a lot of success. But in FSW, there is a lot of great talent. And you got you to gotta take it up a notch. And it seems like that newfound anger or maybe he feels – that he is in a better place right now with class and Devin Reno, you know, the sky's the limit. I personally look at class as the heavyweight guy singles that his goal is to be the heavyweight champion. Jordan Cruz and Devin Reno, sure, they could be no limits. They could be Nevada State guys. But I could see them forming a unit and being that tag team that could go on and, and beat some good people and be future FSW tag team champions. And as these groups have started to come together, I'm probably not going to be interested in doing like a trios championship, but I sure think I wouldn't mind doing a trios tournament with, you know, Lights, Camera, Faction. We got the Billionaire Boys Club. And there's a lot of other groups that kind of work together you know, with Limelight and the Bodega, and if he brought in somebody else, they got they got three guys, and Remy's got a crew that, you know, Primo Henio helped him out when he needed it, and he's also been around forever. So, you know, we'll see what's going on with that because, you know, Remy's had his issues with all three members of the Billionaire Boys Club. So... You know, he, he can't have eyes in the back of his head. So he is going to need some backup just in case. You know, he's got a big match against Jacob Boston Young, but he's still got to watch out because these guys, you know, from what I know, Class still blames him for his shoulder injury. So it seems like he say, came back. I was just oh, going to yeah. say that is – you know, he totes himself as winning the Nevada State champion twice, I think the first two-time champion, and how he won it back for me so quickly. Good for him. I had dislocated my shoulder eight times up to that point in the past six months. And so I was wrestling with a broken wing, and he can take all the, the glory he wants. But the fact of the matter is, man, I was fighting with one arm. And so I, I, still, I still have some uh, unresolved feelings towards Remy for sure. You know, and you just said it. That's that's incredible um, to dislocate. I mean, I've dislocated before. It's one of the most painful feelings, and getting it popped back in and then continuing <laughs> is another issue too. How hard was that for you to 
work through that pain for that amount of time that you had to, man, because that that's excruciating. Well, it was so it was interesting. So over the course of 2021, it dislocated 10 times, right? And eight of those times were in matches. And so in the match, my adrenaline's really, really up and I, I know I've got to compete and get to the next thing. And so thankfully, in all the matches, I was able to get it back in and just like pull on it and yank on it. And maybe I just I could put it up where I needed to and it would back in. And it happened twice during the training where I couldn't get back in and I had to have someone else put it back in. And that was just out for about 45 minutes and just sitting there and it was and it was brutal and actually there was one other time where it came out at the end of a match and someone else had to put it back in oh my god it, it hurt but the biggest thing was it was just frustrating because each time it got a little bit easier and a little bit easier and a little bit easier so i kind of saw the writing on the wall did all the different treatments and, and you know obviously i can afford a lot of things that most people can't so i had treatments but it just kept happening and kept happening and kept happening so, it was just more frustrating than anything because I knew it wasn't going to be a three-month surgery and then come back. I knew it was going to be 8, 10, 12 months. So it was just it was frustrating from that perspective for sure. I heard there was another fight backstage uh, between Graves and Gallo on who was going to uh, work on your shoulder and pop it back into place. <laughs> I mean, That's what I heard. I mean, added to the list of things those guys fight about. <laughs> <laughs> Um, Joe, when you know when he got hurt, and I think this is this is a question broadly too. When a wrestler gets hurt, how do you look at it as being able to maintain the wrestler in the mind of the fans, so that when they're ready to come back, the fans haven't lost interest or haven't forgotten about the particular talent. Uh, yeah, when you're gone for a year, I remember we didn't know how long he was going to be gone for, and I had him, I believe, cut a promo shortly thereafter, but then it became a lot longer, so he kind of disappeared for a, for a good period of time, and then when he said he was getting close, uh, I remember he did a long-winded promo announcing that he'd be back soon. But I, I'm probably figuring that, you know, he had a lot of uh, pain medication going on, so he was a little loopy and didn't know how uh, long <laughs> over he went. <laughs> so, but, you know, the, the thing is about class is, you know, there's certain guys, Danny Limelight's great at it, class is great at it. They're not looking to be light. They're not looking to be the cool heel. They go out there and, you know, class does feel he's better than the average fan. He feels he's better than most of the wrestlers and probably all of them. So his arrogance is his personality. You know, he, he's a doctor. He comes from a different background than a lot of the high school dropouts and guys who never went to college like he did. So... You know, unfortunately, that's how he feels. So he's he's a guy to me that no matter what he does, he, it's hard for me to believe that he is going to be a well-liked wrestler. But I believe he's a well-respected wrestler. 
and he's the guy. And when he won uh, the cash in the case, you know, a lot of people were surprised because he wasn't around for that long. And, you know, seeing his growth, having a guy, he looks the part, he talks the part, and he wrestles well, you know. So in wrestling, you could be the greatest wrestler in the world, but if you can't talk and you have no character or personality, it's hard for you to break through. Well, class broke through very quickly where there was guys who've been around for a very long time that I didn't put in the title picture. Like, hey, I think Remy Marcel and class would be a really good match. And it's like, well, why do we think that? And it's like, well, he can gather, he could garner a lot of heat. And as a heel, you know, Danny Limelight was the one guy. And it was like, well, class came back and now we were able to add to that. Because there's so many guys that as much of a heel you want to call Gregory Sharp, he's been around with us for 11, 12 years. So he's extremely well respected that a lot of people like him. And after he changed from hyperstreak, really love him. It's hard to say, oh, I'm going to boo this guy. He's the best wrestler, one of the best wrestlers in the company. So you, you look at some of our heels and, you know, you got the faction, you got class, and hopefully what class brings to the table is now guys that are on the rise like Devin Reno and Jordan Cruz, who people may have paid attention to and like, oh, yeah, you know, Jordan Cruz, people kind of liked them the more they saw him. But now maybe they're going to be more engaged in what they're doing because they have somebody. And, and it happened with the faction. As much as they were kind of disliked, they were they were kind of plodding along. And then when Ice Williams took over, basically, the faction, that's where all the heat came. And now all four of them, no matter where they go, and now add Kenny King to the mix, if we had a vote for the most hated wrestler in FSW, it would be the faction, Limelight, and, and Class. And... And the only reason class might be third at this point is because he hasn't had that chance to be back that much. And now that everything's good, he's 100%, he's got the group, you know, we're expecting these guys to be on pretty much every show. And they're going to look to dominate and, you know, and, and probably want to go for every championship. You know, Jordan Cruz has had great success uh, in California. And, you know, class... Uh, recently became a champion in uh, in Arizona with PCW Arizona. And he beat two big guns. I believe it was Toa and Graves, correct? That's right. That's right. Still undefeated in Arizona. Wow. Undefeated in Arizona, Joe. Yeah, so I mean I don't know. I heard Pete the Heat wants a shot at him or uh, Jay Garland, so we'll see. Well, you got to have a full set of teeth to wrestle with me, okay? So those guys well, are right there. Well, if you guys ever, like, you know, reach out with the Arizona Wrestling Federation, I saw, I saw everybody's favorite Arizona wrestler, Evan Daniels, has got a belt there. I don't know. I think everyone's got a belt there these days, Joe. <laughs> There you have it. Like 
Even Flyboy Freddy? Are you kidding? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, maybe not yet for him. Not until okay. he gets a mask. <laughs> All right. You know, there, yeah. there's a lot of there's a lot of crossover, you know, between Arizona and Vegas. For you, what do you think the difference is between you know the two fan bases between uh, you know what you can accomplish in Arizona and what you can accomplish here in Vegas. Well, I think speaking specifically for PCWAZ because it's it's very different than like AWF or, or the other promotions that run in Arizona. Right. They've done an awesome job of developing a fan base that are not stereotypical wrestling fans. And so what I mean by that, it's mom and dad bringing the kids out. It's random people who see the flyer, you know, when they're when they're at a bar downtown. It's people who just want to be entertained versus the smart mark wrestling fans. And so that's made it a really different crowd of wrestling in front of the, the, the Vegas crowds because what the Vegas crowd really have is, from my perspective, people have been around forever since the beginning of this company. Right, and so they've been there since the beginning, and they've been coming back, and they know the guys, and they know what to expect, and, and they have a certain expectation for people performing well and people wrestling well. And so, you know, if you don't connect with the Vegas crowd, you might not break through that next echelon, and might not, you know, get to the next level in the company. And so, it's they're two very different fields, but I think it's but they're both valuable. You have to know how to wrestle in front of people who aren't wrestling fans how to tell a, a pretty basic story that people could digest, but then you also need to be able to connect with those great wrestling fans who know what to expect and know it. So I think as a place when you're coming up, man, it's I think it's great because both have solid networks of fans, but both are very different. So it's learning two different styles, and two different fan bases to appease, which is really valuable. Joe, you know, you've, you've always kind of seen the value in the crew from Arizona whether it was you know back when hammerstone and graves were starting or the newest bunch of guys for you what is it about what they get in terms of their training through guys like dom and gallo that um, sets them apart from you know some of the other people in arizona who just might not have that same profile or that same, um, you know, ability uh, that they get through guys like Dom and, and Gallo. It's it's all about the hustle, you know. It just, it started years ago when guys like Watson would come on down. They weren't booked, didn't know they were coming, and then all of a sudden, hey, one of our guys didn't make it. Oh, I decided to do a pre-show. All right, people say Watson's pretty good. We'll throw him in a match. And I get so many inquiries about training. I mean, about uh, wrestling on a show. Uh, there's a guy that I thought he was out of California. But I've been talking to him a little bit today, Vinny Pacifico. And he's a guy that he's wrestling Alex Shelley for the Impact title at one of his companies. And I was totally unaware. Maybe there was another Vinny something at a NorCal, but I thought it was him. And he's like, no, I'm out of New York, New Jersey. And here's a guy who's wrestling some of the best talent there is. But he wants to come to FSW. And it's like, I got my miles. You know, you let me know. And 
I love that guys like him and Richard King and Jared Diaz, who we're using on the 30th, Richard King will be back out on August 12th. It's like these guys are trying to make their way out here. And if you don't make your way out here, you're never going to get booked unless somebody tells me that I highly respect, which is the Arizona guys, whether it or the Santino guys. So I can get a request from somebody who's good, but the thing is the most of my spots are always going to be booked up. So when Eldon Fanau or Flyboy Freddy or Zamaya, it's like you see them come out and you see them help and there's no show, there's no match, but they're there anyway. And they don't give up by coming once or twice. It's like, okay. And then you get a guy like Jacob Boston Young say, hey, this guy's really good. You know, and Jake's on the other side where he knows a little more of the other guys. So he had pitched Thugnificent for me for a long time. And I had known EJ Sparks from when we were doing stuff in Arizona. You know, I remember we did uh, Tyson Tyler had hit me up and I booked the show for him at some taco festival. And the main event was Hammerstone and Willie Mack. And EJ Sparks was on the show. And this guy, Alex Sayers, uh, we use his ring that I heard was the biggest piece of shit. But so I've always had a good connection with everybody from Arizona. So one by one, they've gotten opportunities. Eldon Finau, I like a lot. The thing is, they're just not always a spot. We put him in a battle royal. He went toe-to-toe with Jimmy Jack. And, you know, he's a big dude. And, you know, the crowd loves Jimmy Jack. So I made it a point to let them have a singles match right after that at another show. So they've come in and they've done what I needed them to do. You know, you, you get that opportunity. And I got 50 guys. You know, look at, look at the card on the 14th. And look at the card we're looking at at the 30th. There's a lot of guys on the 14th who won't be on the 30th and vice versa. But you got guys that aren't booked on the 14th. Gregory Sharp, Matt Vandergriff, Damian Drake, Cody's still injured. You know, I, I could go Jordan Oasis. I could go on and on and on. And then on the 30th, well, Hero Lou, he's not booked on the, on the 14th. Shogun is. So those spots are so limited. So it's all about the hustle. And they'll come to the casino shows and, and help out there. And some of them help out more than the fucking students that we, we have ourselves. And then they wonder. And it's like, sometimes it is what it is. You know, Brittany Brooks is getting a spot because she's hungry. She wants it. You know, she's 18. She's making waves already. So... Not all are local talent get to be on a show that other people are because there's a main roster. There's a Future Shock roster. And it's just trying to plug in because you have setups of matches of what you're going to do. So on Friday, I decided to showcase the, the Billionaire Boys Club. So we needed some young babyface talent that the crowd can get behind. So we used uh, two of our students, or really three, because Jimmy Jack's one of our students. 
You know, he, he's over. People give a, a huge fuck about him. But he's still got a long way to go when it comes to professional wrestling. But they're going to get an opportunity. And now, if they do a good job, when I need somebody for the 30th, they move up to, to the top of the list. You know, Flyboy Freddy has hit me up a million times. He comes down all the time. And it's like, dude, you know, I don't really have anything. So, and he had hit me up. I'm not sure which show. I'm like, you know what? We got Future Shock on the first. If you could make it, you're on the show. Okay. So, funny story. Three hours before the show, I get a message from the regulators. Their battery died. They had to get towed back to, to Arizona. So, they didn't make the show. Then, like an hour and a half before the show, I get him. Let's say the opposite. It was five hours when they messaged me. Three hours before the show, Flyboy Freddy messages me. I'm like, you know, you, you look at the message, but before you see it, you can see a few of the words. Yeah. And I'm like, you're going to tell me this motherfucker's with the regulators, and now he finally got booked and he's not going to be there. No, but it turned out he came out and there was something on the highway and the the highway was closed so he had to get off the highway and now his estimated time of arrival was seven o'clock well the show starts at seven o'clock and they were scheduled to be matched two so fortunately he got there at seven and we moved it to match three and he got the opportunity and to, to finally get a match but here's a guy who's been so hungry to get on there that I felt, you know what? People say good things. I've seen them and I've used them before. There's other guys I've used that I don't use anymore for a reason because they shit the bed. They didn't, they didn't do the job that I needed them to do. I wanted them to do, you know? So, you know, we had a miscommunication. Zamaya's like, hey, I'll be there on the 18th. I'm like... I, either I didn't respond or I'm like, okay, I I had them announce her. I didn't see her. They announced her in the Battle Royal. She wasn't even there. She goes, oh, well, you didn't hit me back, so I ended up going on a family vacation. I'm like, hit you back? You told me you were going to be there regardless. You know, when you tell me that, I can make that decision when I need to. Right. Don't tell me you're going to be there and then you're not there. Hey, but I'm good for this date. Well, I don't need you for that date. I was going to, I was being nice enough, being that you were going to be around, that I was going to put you on the show on the 18th at the anniversary in front of five or 600 people. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, and those guys hustle and they, and, and they want to get booked. And, you know, I guarantee you guys like Hammerstone, Graves, Gallo, Dom, they tell them. Nobody's going to hand you shit. You got to go out there and 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 prove why you deserve it. Anybody can get one opportunity. Yeah. Well, just to speak on that a little bit from from the school perspective is, man, from the time you walk in the door, there's an interview process. Every student, every prospective student, is interviewed, and a lot of people are weeded out through that. But during the interview, Dom sets the precedent of. This is not a joke. This is not a hobby. This is to be taken seriously and to follow the path that we've created for you guys. And so from day, from moment one that they walk through the doors, 
that's the culture that's that's given to them and that's expected of them. So that 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 drive that I don't give a shit if I'm on the show or not. I'm going to show up to, to meet people, network, and if I get an opportunity, great. If not, so what? You know, that's just part of it. So that's why a lot of our students had a lot of uh, start to work there with the, the, the different promotions, which is really cool to see. Yeah, I mean that's that's the way it should be done too. Um, you know, class, the the anniversary show was mentioned. Uh, what was that like for you? Because that match was uh, a pretty pretty brutal uh, showing, man. It was. I'll tell you what. I took a couple ice baths the next the next week after that match. Man, it's uh, it's funny when you're in the swing of things like that first uh, cash in the case ladder match I did in 2021. That's when I was really starting to cook. I was firing on all cylinders, and it, for some reason, I just slept a little better that night after that match. But then, like we talked about early on, I haven't had that many matches since I came back. And so here I am in the anniversary show in this ladder match, and um, well, I think I definitely looked better than everyone else physically, presentation-wise, and I stole the show that way. You know, I had a rude awakening in a few areas there with those, with the ladders being used and all the all the brutality that happened. But um, I think I had a good showing, and it was nice wrestling at that at that venue for the first time. That was incredible, and looking forward to going back. Is that the uh, first time you've ever wrestled under antler lighting? Yeah, Devin Reno tried to kick right. with during the Hammerstone match. Right. If it wasn't for that, well, yeah. One. Yeah, he almost broke the projector, the fucker. That's Hammerstone's fault. If it wasn't for that projector, he would have landed on his feet. We would have won. Totally different story. <laughs> so so basically, that's the first outside interference of a projector in a wrestling match that... Uh... I mean, really, the match should have been called off at that point. Because outside interference, Hammerstone loses. Uh, grudge match, Joe. Hammerstone there you go. <laughs> we have an old projector. We can use it as a weapon. There we go. The old projector should still be around. Problem solved. A projector on a a projector on a pole match, I guess. Yeah. There we go. Uh, as we kind of uh, look towards wrapping up here, class, what do you think uh, when you? When you look at what's coming up, you know, between 2023 being now seven months in, so we're, we're looking at now coming into the tail end, and then 2024, you know, becoming the, the new year, we're going to see a lot of probably, I, I would say the word is growth here, uh, a lot more stories being created, a lot more of you guys uh, being that the Billionaire Boys Club is going to be getting these opportunities what do you see for the end of this year and then going into 2024 i see simply put we're going to come out and punch you in the mouth and we're going to tell you about why it happened how it's going to keep happening and why we can keep doing it you know and so for us through the end of the year i see us really building momentum building a case for ourselves um uh, potentially having a couple title matches or or working our way into those avenues because i get it we're we're new this is our first time together on on friday here and so we we're gonna have to work our way up now that's going to be quicker than most people just like how i came into fsw didn't take long 
for me to take fire. And I see the same for the Billionaire Boys Club. No, no question about it. Joe, what do you feel that uh, they might need to concentrate on to, you know, make this uh, unit what you see them as potentially could be? Well, you know, you, you got to gel. You know, Class and Devin Reno have worked together a lot. But as we talked about, Class is, you know, Class, he's the leader. There's no doubt. It isn't a question. He's the boss, you know, and he's he's the heavyweight contender. So for it to work, Devin Reno and Jordan Cruz really have to mesh. And if they mesh, well, it's all good. You know, is there animosity from Jordan Cruz not accepting the offer? Those guys have gone to battle uh, in the past. Now they have to be friends and work together. Is, you know, but knowing Devin Reno and knowing Jordan Cruz, Devin, Devin Reno, obviously he's kind of subservient to class. So, you know, can both of those guys coexist? I think they can because they understand what, what the goal is. And, you know, I'm not in their, in their talks to know what their plans are, but, you know, I got to believe that the idea is to basically take what the faction's done over the last year and, 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 and not utilize it, but see the things that they did that put them in positions to be main event wrestlers on a lot of shows and make their stock go up and make their value. I had just made a, uh, the post came out on Twitter. I don't know who the guy is out of Memphis. I forgot the company, but it was. And he had posted about how he's looking to book them to go to Memphis. So... You know, it's similar to the faction getting to wrestle at Reality of Wrestling with Booker T. And they just debuted at West Coast Pro. You know, it's really hard for a promotion to say, oh, yeah, we're going to take the whole three or four group of you and put you on a show. So they have to really see something in that group to say, yeah, we're going to take the three or four of you and utilize you on one of our big shows. So, you know, which again, puts FSW on the map. So that means these people are watching what they've done because they've mainly done it in FSW. Right. So it, it only helps our brand while it's helping their brand. Uh, Joe, is it true, Future Legends Tournament, when you uh, were approached uh, by Devin Reno, uh, you uh, thought he was in his 30s? I still do. I want to see the. Uh, I want to see the the, the birth certificate. Because I swear he has to be class's older brother. Well, being little brother is uh is, has been exhausting for Devin over the years. And having having an older half brother who's a psychologist, you know, I didn't just decide to be a psychologist. My mind was made for it, and so. Knowing how to manipulate and how to pull strings from a young age was must have been stressful on poor Devin. Well, I heard that Devin Reno found out he was uh, Class's half-brother was through therapy with Class because Devin Reno heard he had another family. 
and he 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 couldn't take it, and he went to go see class, and that's how the magic happened. That rumor true. Confirm or deny because of HIPAA, as you you should well know. But uh, <laughs> that 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 yes. But we're not gonna we're not gonna speculate on that too much. It could have happened. Yeah, too many rumors and innuendos in this world. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Uh, finally, class. Um, you know, going into Saturday, going into Friday night. Um, what is it that uh, you expect uh, to see from? Uh, three young guys uh you know these are three guys who again like joe said two of the guys are um you know fresh off of that first experience of those singles matches and jimmy jack is way over with the crowd for for the last year or so mm-hmm. what do you what do you see in the value of uh wrestling those guys and what can they expect to uh, see from you guys so I think it's going to be it's going to be a great opportunity for the Billionaire Boys Club to just get our feet wet and see how we function as a unit, right? And what I'm expecting from the young kids is blind, enthusiastic ignorance. And what what I immediately thought of when Joe just told us on the podcast that we were wrestling them is my first ever high school amateur wrestling match. I didn't know who I was facing. I went out there and I just tried to maul him, and I ended up getting beat. And afterwards, my coach goes. That guy's a two-time state champ, and he's going for his third one in a row this year. And I went, what? Yeah. Why the fuck did yeah. you tell me that, you know? So, but I just went out and tried to, you know, do what I could. And I expect that from them. They're going to go out. They're going to try to do what they can and, and you know, test their skills and, and do, what they, do what they can against us. But at the end of the day, you know, the three of us are very accomplished. We're all very intelligent. We know how the world works. And so I expect them to, to have a flurry. But if that... After that, it's going to be all billionaire boys club. There we go, Joe. Any final thoughts uh, going into uh, the show Friday night? Yeah, we got a monster card, and we never mentioned it again. But uh, Funny Bone, after a very long absence, is making his return. So, as I said, there, 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 there's not a match on there that is a throwaway match. There, every single match has some meaning. And has a lot of talent. So, you know, definitely check it out. Friday night, 7 p.m., high octane. You know, it's a special occasion to have class on a Friday night. We know he's got to adjust his schedule. You know, I'm trying to convince him to do some uh, Zoom calls for his uh, patients. You know, that way the lack of payday that I give him, he could still make up from, uh, you know, banging out three or four patients in a four-hour long drive from arizona you know i was always thinking always thinking i love it <laughs> well that sounds like it's going to be a really uh again strong card um it's going to be nice to see uh you guys get a chance to uh finally kind of start working this unit um and uh you know one of the things about your class is that from day one your perspective on the business is one of those kind of perspectives that if other people who are younger get to be around you, it's something they should aspire to try to copy because, you know, you, you've picked up very well from the guys that taught you. And, um, I think that, you know, 
you are starting to become, even young in your career, a role model for other guys to see how it should be done and what's the right way to uh, to you know see your career build as a professional wrestler because you do one thing and that is bring the word professional to professional wrestling and i think that's very important especially in this day and age where some guys are just they want to get famous and you know you are a professional that's what you should be doing so it's great to see that you're back it's great to see you're healthy and uh hopefully uh we will see you guys kind of dominate within the next year and uh come on you know you know you will uh, I, i'm hoping but you know it, it all depends on mr booker there yeah <laughs> that's true <laughs> all right everyone thank you for tuning in we will see you guys next week